Hi, everyone. This is Carrie Bellog. I am the founder and chief groupie of Brand Groupies Consulting, where we obsess about your brands. Build your brand, rock your brand, and fans will come. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Groupies podcast. Uh, today, I am um, excited. I know I say I'm always excited, but <laughs> our next guests are sisters and entrepreneurs, and I just have to tell you how I met them um, because it's just such a magical story. I actually met their father on New Jersey Transit one Sunday when my kids were climbing the seats and acting like crazy, um, crazy kids, and next thing I know, I got into a conversation with this gentleman sitting next to me. And uh, next thing you know, he said, I have daughters, they're moms, they're entrepreneurs, they're amazing, amazing women. And I just said, I have to meet them. So through that connection, uh, we we met. So today we'd love to welcome Marissa Klein and Jamie Stozer. They are sisters and entrepreneurs based in Monmouth County. Uh, they founded Choice Fashion and Media, a full service boutique staffing firm based in New York City. Marissa Klein is the founder and uh, executive vice president, and Jamie Stozer is the vice president. Um, and so they founded Choice Fashion and Media as a division of Choice. Um, their father founded Choice in 1974, and they continue to honor his vision uh, with an individual approach, full service philosophy, and dedication to superior service for both clients and candidates. That has solidified Choice Fashion and Media as a leader in the field. So welcome, Marissa and Jamie, today to the Brand Groupies podcast. Thank you for having us. So happy to be here. You girls are so much fun. I love the sisters, <laughs> the energy, your whole story. So, um, so first of all, you, um, you know, you grew up in Bergen County. Bergen County. Okay. So, um, so in 1974, your dad started Choice. And so, tell me about how you started uh, and got into this business. Well, fortunately, I didn't start in 1974, <laughs> um, but it it was. We were raised in this business. We were raised in helping others. We were raised with work ethic and um, making, you know, my father was very much the kind where if it was a snow day, he didn't think it was fun because it meant lots of people weren't going to work. Um, and I grew up wanting to work in beauty. Mm -hmm. And um, my 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 dream story, I will keep it short and say, I started wanting to work in beauty. Beauty turned into fashion because of a series of unfortunate events, which I'll quote one of the girls that I work with. Um, and fashion turned into a very remarkable and also challenging environment. And my resume was not something that my father's company could help me with. Everything was basically me with my own contacts, my own networking. And it was extremely disheartening to have a resume that looked like, you know, crap for lack of a better word of putting out there. And I went to other fashion staffing firms because the staffing firm I was raised in didn't have connections in the fields that I was interested in. And they just were not that kind. They weren't that inspiring. Um, and sometimes they were a little bit mean. And one day I cried in an elevator in Soho. And I said it was the last time that I was going to let the fashion industry indirectly make me cry. And I took my father to lunch and I asked him to open a fashion division. And that was in 2005. And he said flat out no. And I said yes. And he said no. And then I said yes. And then we both have been right ever since because his concerns about me starting was, 
walking away from my own career and seeing the side of the business that was extremely challenging and all this different stuff. And he was not incorrect. Um, but, you know, considering I had worked in lots of places, including one that had asbestos falling from the ceiling on my head, I had seen it all at that point. And I was very excited to be able to use what I'd learned and give back to people that I knew needed it. And it was almost the, the, the combination of the giving back piece and helping others that was what I really wanted to do. And if you had told me in college that, you know, I'd be working for my father after all those years of wanting to do one thing or one thing in particular, I would have told him, you know, I would have told my college self that I'd be crazy. And sure enough, almost 14 years later, I'm still here and I'm still doing it. Um, and it gets better and different and more exciting and more inspiring every single day. I picked Jamie up along the way, too. Mm. Now, when did that happen? The, the bond is strong. So I was autonomous when I started Choice Fashion and Media. Uh, basically came from my own organic relationships. And um, Jamie at that time, I'll let Jamie tell her own story, but Jamie at that time was working in corporate HR and not using outside staffing firms, which is an irony. So basically, if I called on her to sell to her, she would say no. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You never give up, right? Never give up. So my point was, is I was alone, 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 and did everything both sides of the business um, for years. And then dot, 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 I was pregnant, which is a very interesting thing for a woman as they're on their professional journey. All of a sudden, your perception of what is most important changes almost in a blink of an eye. And I needed to figure out how to cover my clients and my day-to-day -day without me, um, which I didn't know how to do. And I hired some people in between. Um, and it was okay. But as the business grew between first child and second child, it needed to be a grown-up. And it just so happened that on my second child, Jamie was ironically and not coincidentally pregnant as well. So I recruited her from her little segue of her dream story to work in the family business and cover my desk because I was ahead of her on the second pregnancy. And uh, sure enough, she caught the bug and has been with us for six and a half years. Um, is it six and a half? Yeah. Sometimes I make up my own math, but mm -hmm. it's six and a half years. And that, and, and that basically is how we, we got together professionally. Oh, I love that story. And Jamie, what's your background? So uh, I grew up as a dancer. My dream job was to be a dancer or a dance teacher. And we'll get to that because I'm doing it on the side hustle. Um, but always wanted to work in music. That was my dream. That was my college internships. That was, you know, I went to Michigan and came home over the summers and um, worked in music and graduated college in 2003, right very obviously very close to after 9-11 and there wasn't many jobs to have. And that was also at the beginning of the internet boom for music and digital music. So there wasn't many jobs in music to have. Um, so I always want to do music PR. So I started interviewing in PR. Um, and ironically, based on Marissa's story, I got a job in beauty PR, which was Although not my dream, it was her dream. And whoops, whoops. And that's not the first time I've gone beat her. Um, <laughs> so, or last. So I um I got a job in beauty PR, but it was an internship, um, which was challenging for me to accept as a Michigan grad, um, or really any college grad. You graduate college, you think, 
Um, you're going to get that first job. It's going to be your dream job. It's going to be forever. And, you know, that's one of the things we teach every day. I mean, we've both been through it and see countless kids go through it now. Um, so I got an internship and lived on my sister's couch and um, did it for about four months. And at the end of my internship, there was an opportunity to stay on board at that agency, but it was in healthcare PR, which as somebody that wanted to do music PR, it was like literally every opposite possible. Um, But I ended up loving it. I loved the person I worked for. I loved the team. I loved the agency. So I stuck with it. And I was there for about three and a half years and then um, went into HR and kind of had a chat about what was next for me. Um, And it turned out that um, my skill set was very much um, kind of HR versus PR. And it kind of happened out of nowhere. She said to me, which I do all the time still, and she's a very dear mentor of of mine uh, to this day. She said to me, "Tell, tell me the three things you love about what you do. And at that time, it should have been taking editors to lunch and planning events. And, you know, and I said, I like doing the bulletin board um, <laughs> and I like the internship program and I like the um, what was the third thing? Oh, the newsletter. She's like, you realize that none of those things are PR. That's all internal HR communications, mm-hmm. things like that. So she essentially convinced me to switch careers. So I did that at like 26 years old. Um, and got my start in HR and recruiting there at my PR agency. And then I switched over to Turner Broadcasting. I was there for four and a half years at CNN and Cartoon and all of those other cool, you know, eight parts of the company, TBS, TNT, Turner Sports. Um, and like I mentioned at the beginning of my story, I wanted to be a dance teacher. And there was a pair of sisters like my sister and me that were opening a offshoot of a children's enrichment facility in Hoboken where we lived. And it was my opportunity, I thought, to go ahead and do that. I was getting married. Um, So I did that. And I managed the Hoboken location of Kidville for three years. um, And that was around when Marissa needed me. So it was kind of um, my trade always in recruitment and HR and helping others. But um, so I didn't give up on that dream, but I kind of put it on pause. And then I had my own two boys um, and have had them and raised them while working for Marissa and my father, which has been the best possible place to be to do that. And now I'm living my dream on the back end. Yeah. Wow. I love your stories. And you have such a colorful background between the two of you. I mean, your skill sets. So tell me a little bit about the services you offer at Choice Fashion and Media. If someone wanted to look them up and so hire you. Well, Choice as a whole does everything. Um, we put people to work in events, in hospitality, in legal, in office support, in IT, you name it, we do it, finance. Um, but my area, which is the fun part, (laughs) um, we do anything that was, it started with anything that was outside of traditional office because fashion in Manhattan is fashion, of course, but it's also a loose term, which if you're not in the tri-state area, It's less relatable, but the word fashion or marketing or creative or beauty or media or music or editorial PR, it's all one thing because we're just not the finance people, right? Um, So anything that was outside of the traditional box is what I started working on. But organically, because my experience um, was all in fashion, I started targeting or soliciting clients from, you know, a Christian Dior to a PVH, very different types of companies um, that were apparel or accessories or fashion based because it made more sense to me. I have always said that there are two kinds of salespeople in this world. There's the kind that can sell ice to an Eskimo and there's the kind that actually has to believe in what they're doing. And fortunately for me, I think 
or unfortunately for me, I don't know if Eskimos need ice. Um, they have plenty. So I try to convey or I try to work with companies that are like-minded to my my situation or what my beliefs in are or, or what we believe to be healthy places to work because fashion can be so volatile. Um, and I solicited those type of firms because I knew how to staff them. Um, you know, through the years, my dad said, I wish you could work with IT and finance because they pay more. Which means, in turn, we're commission-based people, so we make more. And I said, but I don't understand that language, so I can't speak that language. And it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's just not what's natural to me. And what's natural to me is looking at somebody that is 22 to 45, which is, I'm, you know, I don't want to put an age on it because, you know, most of our our sweet spot is someone that just graduated to someone that's like 15 years out of school that wants to work in a creative field that has this juice running through. I mean, I look at a place like this. We're sitting in this room. This is the type of room that pays homage to someone that just has a lot of stuff that they want to get out in the world and they need it to marry to their job so that they can feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, And we sit down with anybody that is a marketing person, an e-com person. Of course, as the years have changed, we now have social, social media people and, you know, if I've I've had one thousand conversations with somebody under the age of thirty that says, "I want to work work in PR," okay, I want to work in social media, okay, um, and we try to educate and expose individuals as they graduate and start working that there are lots of other things that you could be doing that are somewhat close to what you had in mind that can become fulfilling, and we try to do the best we can. You know, my intention in all the things that we do all the time is to basically help each individual that walks through our door. So you asked a question, like what kind of companies that we solicit, what kind of people do we help? They tend to be creative types. They could be anywhere between a graphic designer to an apparel designer, to a salesperson, a marketing person, communications person, an office assistant, a customer service person, the people that help get the goods from overseas into New York, the people that understand how to work with the stores, whether it's a Kohl's or a Bloomingdale's or um, Costco. Um, The business has changed quite a bit. And we basically try to work within all of the um, regimes of the business. And really, my clients could range anywhere from Jamie owns our media piece of it. So we work with her home company, Turner um, or CNN. So, you know, somebody right, right today, we're working on an executive assistant position for for a company of that size, while at the same time, putting someone to work at um, a store for a luxury boutique for the summer. So really, you know, you could be looking for a summer internship and didn't get one and we have a way to get you working, or you could be a career-minded executive that's in between. But 90% of the people that we work with are professionals within our field looking for what I would call a professional or emotionally professionally charged hug and a dose of reality. And that's what we do every single day. You know, and a lot of people don't know what staffing is. And, you know, I think that's a good way to back up for a second. You know, I I come up with this analogy years ago and I need to come up with a better one, but it really is the best one. What we do is we clean your house. 
right? So you could easily clean your own home, right? You're a company of the size of Turner. You're the size of PVH, Tommy Hilfiger. And you obviously have your own staffing people inside your business. You have HR, you have a team of 300 people that work in HR, but you might still want to outsource for whatever the reason, no different than social media, PR, other areas of a business that get outsourced. Staffing is one of those things. Um, usually it's because they need to cast a wider net. They need to, they're working on 36 recs and they need help. Um, they don't have jobs. They don't have, sorry, requisitions, which is job opening. You know, they don't have, they have an internal recruiter, but she's on vacation or he's, you know, in the middle of something else, yada, yada. They hire somebody like us. So our services are free to the candidate. So a lot of times, you know, college grads will say to me, well, do I have to pay you? And I say, well, sure. Yeah, but no, um, <laughs> you do not have to pay me. I like when I get close. Um, so, you know, so the, the the companies pay us to find the people, essentially, is the best way of, of phrasing it. A lot of people call us headhunters. Um, you know, a lot of people have heard of that versus staffing, but that's what we do. And when people ask us what we specialize in, we tend to specialize in the person versus the jobs. So, you know, you graduate college, somebody like me, I wanted to do beauty PR and now I'm a recruiter. So we find your skills, right? We sit down with you and we figure out what are you good at? What do you like to do? Who are you and your group of friends? Are you the planner? Are you the person that everyone talks to when they need advice? Are you the mom that carries everyone home? Correct. Mm -hmm. And how does that translate to work? Because when you go to work every day, if you're not going to be the dance teacher, right? So for me, what are the skills of being that that would help me at work? So whether that's taking care of others and being the one that's in charge and being the cheerleader and, you know, so my skills as a human are what make me good at being a recruiter. And I think what we do is help others figure out what those things are and then find the job that fills that. And then on the back end, you know, with the clients kind of consulting with them, you know, no different than what you do a lot of the time is, you know, we're really looking, they're looking at their overall brand and their overall um, goals for that brand. And they'll say to me, you know, we really need a two week person to come in and cover reception. And we listen, we're like, you know what you really need? You need someone that can sit at reception, but actually also wants to do social media because you know what I mean? And so we help clients that way and figure out what they need. And we mm-hmm. help the candidates find and we match them together. We always say we're like professional matchmakers. Um, we try to figure out a way to make them date and succeed. Fantastic. I wish you were around when I graduated college and I, you know, I wanted to work in fashion and I didn't know where to go. I went to career fairs and right. I wish I knew all the different um, positions that were available in that field. I mean, sure. I just, I had a PR degree and I said, I'm going to do fashion PR. I didn't even know what that meant, yep, totally. but you know, exactly I, proving knew? my point. Yep. And I, there were so many different Areas. Opportunities and areas. And I just love that you get to know the person because it, it is scary. You get out and it's, uh, it's an intimidating, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where, you know, where to go. Um, so I, I love that your philosophy and, uh, you know, knowing the human, um, you know, what's, what the skills are, um, uh, for each person. So how do, like, how do, um, people find out about your firm normally? Is it, is it word of mouth or is there, do you do career fairs or any type of, so I would marketing. say most of, mostly it's word of mouth, but word of mouth now has escalated into a way different version of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think we, it is our life mission on a regular basis to educate and raise awareness to what we do, because there are a lot of people that do what we do and they may not do it as kindly or as, 
um, more emotionally invested as, as we do. Um, and we try to obviously utilize our networking and our own personal voices and the impact that we make on all the hundreds of people that we've helped get jobs through the years. Um, and then, of course, now we're trying to, when in Rome, here we are, um, we are trying to elevate ourselves as being um, these professional dream builders out in the world, whether it's through social media or through our email marketing or through, you know, today, a podcast, mm -hmm. which, because, you know, truthfully, there's so many people that just don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. And one of the things we just launched this year is um, a new initiative called Choice on Campus, where we're infiltrating campuses across the country um, with uh, campus ambassadors. So a lot of companies nowadays will ha identify people on college campuses to represent their brand you know, Uber started it when they first started and they gave free rides to kids so that they could talk about it with their friends. And so, as you just said, when you graduate, it starts in college. It starts before that, but it starts in college when you're looking for your internship and then you want to figure out where to. And unfortunately, there's like a, a staggering statistic. I don't know what off the top of my head, but there was an article last year about it, about the lack of use of your college career center that no one's going, no one's asking the right questions, their career centers aren't directing the kids the way that they need to. So we found this void and decided to, to launch a, a campus ambassador program to identify kids on campuses to speak on our behalf. Do you guys know that there's these like cool firms in the city that, or wherever that will actually help you with your resume for free? Like, you know, and have resume workshops on campuses and things like that, where we come in either live or via Skype. Um, and provide insight and and help on how to, you know, tips on how to use LinkedIn properly and what to do when you're graduating and how to network before you're graduating and all of these things. Um, so we, we're we're finding that that's going to be hopefully a big piece to the future of mm -hmm. choice because of getting ourselves out there because sure. the the customer so to speak mm -hmm. is getting younger, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to be able to speak to them in the language in which they understand. Um, and then for those that are already established in their companies. It really is purely, I mean, at this point, for better or for worse, I've been doing this for a while, you know, so people know who I am. Right. And, or people know who Jamie is and they say, I heard great things about you. Can you help me figure out how to go back to work after being out for a year and a half? Or I, I, I don't want to do this piece of my job anymore. Can you help me figure out how to do a different piece? Can you help me professionally pivot? Or like some of your clients, I've launched my dream business, but I need I need another income and I need to be able to do it where it's not distracting from the dream that I'm chasing. There's so many questions that we get, like nothing, there's really nothing that I haven't heard before. Um, and I think another thing that is very tri-state specific, and it's not fair to the rest of the country, but it is a, a big piece of the tri-state area, is New York or the New York metropolitan area plays a very large piece of the puzzle when we're chasing our dream jobs or we're starting our entrepreneurial brands, where as much as you have this really brilliant idea, you also have a mortgage or rent that's three times or five times or eight times the cost of living somewhere else. But yet you have all the connectivity here. So the opportunity cost is right there. So we have a lot of people that come to us with, you know, a brand groupy type company and they need a side hustle. You know, that's what Jamie calls it, a side hustle. And frankly, I embrace it. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Sure. Yeah. As long as you have a dose of reality with it. Yeah. Um, and I think 
I mean, I think that's really, I mean, in all from, from senior and then senior level, level executives, a lot of my um, client base comes from, let's say, for instance, I met someone that's more of a peer of mine. You know, they're, God, I don't want to do the math on, on, on this microphone, but they've been out of school for a while <laughs> and I can't get them a job because they make, you know, a really large sum of money and my clients just are not, they don't have anything open or they're not shopping me for that right now. I'll spend time on that kind of person regardless. Um, because they'll remember us. They'll so remember. They'll, you know, you help me so much with my resume. I get referrals every day where they're like, you helped my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I didn't place that person. I just spent time on her. So our, you know, our network and our whole database of, you know, 10,000 candidates plus is from spending time on those people and and investing in them. And, you know, Marissa's been doing this for so long now that those people that she helped when she first started this at 14 years ago are managers, are hiring managers now, their clients, their VPs, their directors, their SVPs, their owners. Um, and, and they, they remember, and you they know remember. what, it, it's a, it's a proof to some of my, my overall mantras is about karma or what you put out there in the world. You know, if you are kind and you are open and you spend time and energy on people, it will be returned. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that really is how we've built this business. Yeah. And, and so you just answered my question about what, what sets you apart because it's so obvious your investment, your energy, your care, everything that you give to your, um, your business and your clients. I mean, it's like, I had chills when you said, yeah. you know, that now they're, mar- they're your clients, the marketing sure. directors yes. and, and that's how it works. And they're just talking. It's like, we work hard about you and we care and we're not faking mm-hmm. it. And, and I, I think I a, a big part of what sets us apart, obviously we're sisters, which is a huge draw to some people, family business. A lot of people like, because a lot of our clients are also family run small businesses and or privately owned. And they just love other companies that are like-minded um, from the financial piece all the way down. So they just like working with us. Um, I think the other piece that sets us apart is our ability to know what they're going through on the both hiring side yes. and the candidate side. So we both started on the other side. A lot of people did, can't say the same. So we worked for years on the other side of the business and on the corporate side. I mean, you can coach people. You can help people get jobs. It's a business. Right. You know, it's an open hole and you're trying to put, you know, a square peg into that open hole and you make money off of it. But if you can't intuitively, if you can't intuitively inspire both your client and candidate, I I don't see how that's rewarding. Um, And that's what we do. Uh, I also think there was something else I wanted to say as a PS to that, um, that I'll come back to at some point, something about you were just saying something great that now I've forgotten. Now I'm on a tangent. No, <laughs> no. Question, I next question, whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's all, sorry. It's so good. I was just going to say, um, you know, being with your family. I mean, how special is that, that you get to be with your sister? Yeah, we're not killing each other. Yeah. So what's the best thing about having your own business and brand? Like, what are the, the pros? Um, I think for me, the best is the flexibility, right? So people say to me all the time, you know, I always knew I'd want to work once I had my kids. It was just part of who I am. But I also realized that my circumstances are what they are. I'm not dumb to that at all um, or numb to that for that matter. And um, I'm able to help others and help my income and my family um, while being with the people that I love. And I also, the second piece for me is managing my team. Like I love, you know, mentoring others and teaching them what we do. And, you know, the fact that I'm able to do that on such a personal 
level and also, you know, their family. The girls that work for us are family. People that used to work for us are still our family. So um, I love that part. You know, it's like I worked in corporate and not to say it doesn't exist there because it does in some places, but and I was very fortunate in all my jobs to have really great coworkers and bosses and mentors. Um, but I just think there's something about working for a family business where your name's on the door and you call the shots and, you know, we can give our team things that other companies can't do, you know, perks and time off and all that fun stuff. And working with my sister is awesome. You know, sometimes it's, we're selfish and we want to be home on the same days and be with our kids on the same days. That is and challenging. It's challenging mm-hmm. to balance, but I the mean. The boundaries are, the boundaries and the blending is, is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything she just said, I echo and more. And if I were to speak directly to, you know, your audience, your listeners, I'm going to be honest. When I went out on my own, I didn't have this bandwidth or this wherewithal. This came with time. I went out on my own because of something different that I'm admitting. I can admit now because I'm old enough to, or I'm wise enough to, or I'm comfortable enough in my own skin to. When I was working professionally, I worked for very volatile people. And I was exposed to a lot of things I never wanted to be. And I also noticed something that I did not love professional constructive criticism, especially from people I did not respect. So that combination, which by the way, I'm admitting in hindsight, I'm saying it more eloquently than a 27-year-old may have said at the time, I didn't want to work for someone that, you know, wasn't amazing. I didn't want to work for somebody that brought all their baggage to work and made me clean it up. If I was going to do all that work, I wanted to work for my own self mm-hmm. and my own baggage and Good deal point. with my own crap. Good point. And I think, by the way, it takes a certain kind of human to be able to work by yourself. It's a certain kind of human. There have been a million times in the last 14 years where I thought, wow, wouldn't it have been different if I had just taken a different path and ended up in one of those, you know, Google conference rooms or cool Spotify companies drinking uh, cold brew iced coffee on tap and using a scooter to get to my desk. Sure. (laughs) That would have been awesome. Um, But that wasn't me. I always kind of beat to my own drum. I always needed to do my own thing. Being on my own and having my own little family around me is actually very much who I am. I just wouldn't have known it before. Sure. Um, But yes, it's the flexibility. Yes, it's being able to call your own shots. Yes, it's being able to inspire people in a one-dimensional, you know, more than a one-dimensional way, but in an intimate way. But but if you were to ask me about my own personal needs at the time in which I went out on my own, which I feel like some of your listeners really are hearing, it's because I couldn't deal with other people. Truth. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. I'm not ashamed to say it. And I deal with other people really, really well now. And I also think it's because, and which most people, you know, listen, when you launch a brand, as you know, and we talk about all the time, you're filling a need that is not otherwise met, right? That's a successful brand. And we really feel like we're doing something different than everybody else that what uh, that does what we do. Yes. So, you know, and I think that's what makes us successful. And the fact that we can do it on our own with our own. She's getting emotional. Yeah, I get emotional about it because it's <laughs> no, sh- I love shocker. It. I love shocker. It. I'm, I'm just oh, the first time. It's the first time I'm going to cry today. Yes. Yeah, I'm the Pisces. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, Instacry. Instacry. Insta. We're soulmates. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I feel passionate about the fact that we're doing something different. We're bringing something different to market or the industry or to life or people's lives that other people don't do. And I think it's just that is what 
is so beautiful about what we do because we get to do it with our father's support. And that's, you know, you can't beat that. You just can't. No. Wow. That's fantastic. I love hearing. <laughs> She's going to cry too. All. No, I'm, I'm going to work for you. Can I join the choice yes. team? I seriously. Um, uh, so I know, I mean, you're, you're people both, off camera are in. Yeah. 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 Um, I know know you girls are so good at everything. Um, and I know you've had some passion projects as well. Tell us a little bit about one of the projects you had mentioned to me, um, called dream big Academy. Uh, So the dream big Academy, um, it started, Jamie and I've had a lot of ideas through the years, um, big plans where other people are, you know, thinking about what concert to see and what vacation to take, which we do also. Um, We were also, you know, coming up with a a million businesses and how other people could do their businesses better. And we are constantly (laughs) always giving advice that maybe is unsolicited to every single human that walks into our path. Um, And you know what you could be doing differently? Actually, I I have an idea. So speaking of constructive (laughs) criticism, I dish it out. No problem. Yeah. Um, But I would say somewhere along the years, between when Jamie went out on her own to work for Kidville, we had this idea, uh, this all-encompassing idea that we wanted to do something that was enrichment-based for kids. And we came up with this, this you know, name called the Dream Big Academy. And um, simultaneously, I had... Like a play space. Yeah, play space, but it was more than a play space. We had like a big, a big lofty goal, which I think you could probably relate, relate to. Yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's a side story yes, for another yes. day. Stay on to play space. Yeah. Yep. There um, it goes. So another thing we have in common. Yes. We're like sisters from, I don't know where. <laughs> um, so we had this idea and simultaneously I had this very inquisitive, uh, very smart two and a half year old little girl who would go to school and I would drop her off and she would say to me in not so many words, you know how come some mommies are here at school and some, how come some mommies aren't? And, you know, I sometimes through the years will say something about the daddies, but let's be truthful. It wasn't really about the daddies. It was about the mommies. Um, Cause it's always about the mommies. Um, and so she said that to me in not so many words and the guilt was unbearable because you know why I liked my job and I didn't want to be at all of the different drop-offs because I wanted to do my job and I, I wanted to be as present in her life as I could, but I also felt very strongly that I needed to, to do a lot of other things. Um, and so because she was my first child, I went to the bookstore. Um, and that's a joke because <laughs> that's what you do when you have one kid. You go to the bookstore to look for a book. And when you can't find it at the bookstore, you go to the library and you ask around and you look for something to help explain career or work or, you know, money for that matter. And um, I couldn't find anything. And my innermost dream from first grade on, I had a lot of dreams. I wanted to be a, a newscaster. I wanted, obviously wanted to work in beauty. There were a lot of things I wanted to do. I like the way I sound on this camera. I mean, on this microphone right now. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to write. And I wanted to be an author since first grade in Harrington Park Elementary School. There's my emotion. Yep, there it is. Yep, got it. <laughs> I come in late. Um, so I thought... I always thought like I would write like a, like a Harry Potter, but you know, she came up with a really good idea and had <laughs> on a napkin, <laughs> on a napkin yeah. on the street. Um, but I thought I'd write something like that. And instead it came out um, as a story for my daughter, a passion project for my daughter about why we work 
And um, I actually rode it while stuck in the O'Hare airport for about 10 hours mm -hmm. um, without my kids, thank God. Um, and I was entertaining someone else's children who was trying to switch their flight. And I made up the story and that was where it happened. I made up the story. I wrote it down. And then I basically ended up going through the journey of trying to get it published. Um, you know, and by the way, success comes in different sizes and packages. You know, at that time I thought, you know, how great would it be to be a published author and how great it would be to be able to rise, um, raise uh, the name for Choice Fashion and Media. I wanted to do so much with it because I thought it was such an incredible concept. And it was, you know what, frankly, not to pat myself on the back, I thought I did a good job. <laughs> and the, the concept was? And the concept was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yep. How do you explain what you want to be when you grow up? Use it as a tool for parents to talk about why they work, what they wanted to be when they grew up. You know, how come they have to leave at the, you know, why did they have to leave instead of staying home. It had, it was, it was a tool. And I created this tool to use with my own family and then tried to get that tool published, um, for the rest of the world. And what I realized along the way is when I tried all the different, I did went through the whole process. Um, but if you're not snooky, you can't publish a children's book. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's an irony. Um, and I didn't have enough, even though I was doing all this positive stuff in the world, I didn't have enough followers to basically have a publisher really interested in me. So I did something completely different and I self-published, which was new at the time. And by the time I wrote my second book, which I had to, cause I had a second child and you can't leave one out without, you know, the other, um, I wrote these two books and had them illustrated by an extremely talented fashion illustrator, um, to pay homage to what I do during the day. And I had like a capsule of fun where really it was like I was, I don't want to say a local celeb. I was a local celeb in Hoboken, at least to people under the age of seven. And I was too, because I was working at Kidville. So yes. we were like, we were oh, like were you? you know, oh, two yeah. little lights in this little town. But everyone thought we were the same light. Yep. <laughs> everyone thought we were the same light. We share each other's. Um, and I would go into the schools and I would sell the books and I would sign the books and I did all this stuff with it. And you know what? I used it as a marketing tool with my clients because I did book readings in their offices or I went out to um, I went out to one of their warehouses and I read for all the kids that, you know, saw their parents going to work. So it definitely is an extension of the business. I've changed my, you know, sometimes I think you ask some of your people on your show, you know, if something fizzled, mm -hmm. this didn't fizzle. It I shifted. Just, it shifted. And then we moved to the burbs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I would always, my daughters would love for me to write another one, even though my oldest is not the audience anymore. Um, but I've encapsulated it in a new way for our new community. And I just did an in, in house workshop last week for the kindergarten and the third grade in Fairhaven, hashtag Fairhaven, um, uh, Fairhaven leads. And, um, where I basically read the books, had a fireman come in, had a real life dancer come in. I happen to know one. She sits right here. <laughs> um, firefighter, by the way, firefighter rhymes with less FYI, in case you're writing a children's book about a fireman. Um, and, I did an all an all class third grade presentation about goal planning, resume writing, career building. Because the truth is, is if we can't start teaching them to be good people now, when do we start? And the world in which we're living in, if I can, I can't even get the sentence out. <laughs> if this is what I can do, it's the least I can do. 
Oh, wow. That's so, amazing. and my kids love it. By the way, I cry when amazing. she cries. Oh my God. <laughs> so here I am again. I'm going to start crying. The Christian again. Tech is going to start crying. <laughs> Christian, okay. Christian, oh, Christian take his glasses Christian has tears. <laughs> tears, real tears. Wow. Um, that is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's great. And I think so many moms struggle with that, you know, the guilt, the working and, you know, being there and being, you know, trying to balance it all. And, um, but it's, you know, really, I think educating, educating the kids and them being proud of their parents yes. who work. And, and you know what? It makes I, a big difference. I from- don't mince my words here. I said something very truthful before about the constructive criticism. And here's the other thing. What the hell did I go to school for and work all my these years for if I'm not going to be showing them that that's what I want them to do? Totally. You know, and by the way, being a mom is the hardest job there is without yes. question. Mm-hmm. And anybody that does it part of the time you know, professionally or full-time professionally, it's a full-time job, full-time. whether you're in the house or out of the house. I don't care how you do it. Um, and people that have more than two kids, they're my personal heroes. Um, but for me personally, I didn't understand how I could do all of what I've done. And then just be like, by the way, I want you to do this, this, and this. And then I want you to apply to all these colleges and put all this pressure on my two daughters. And yet, what am I doing? Hmm. So I, and I, I want to be able to give them that legacy and granted I do it in a very frenetic way. And I'm always a little bit crazy, including changing in an orange theory bathroom stall in order to appear here <laughs> today. Um, but you know, yeah. always then, running about five minutes behind. Yes, I'm always five minutes behind. Sorry <laughs> to the entire world. I'm on Marissa time. You were early today. I was early Friday. today. I'm impressed. No, that was, it was great. Because I was on the street. Across the street. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, there's, I'm so inspired by the two of you, but, um, I know it's, I always find it challenging to find inspiration, you know, on a daily basis. And where do you find your inspiration? Um, normally is it, you know, it's funny because I, um, I'm not much different and this is similar to the advice I was saying I give to college kids or, you know, career changers or anything. It's, it's looking at the stuff that makes you gives you joy, pure joy since I was a little kid, which is dance. So for me, you know, the I was able to rediscover dancing as an as a grown up through um a dear friend of mine at this point. Her name is Tootsie. And I basically do her branding, but but now I actually Shocker. do it. Name dropping all of our but, faves. Yeah. yeah. But years ago I just loved her class and would just talk about her all the time. But now we're working together, which is phenomenal. I'm helping her on the side a little bit um, because I basically do it anyway. But I take her class uh, a couple times a week. And so for me, it's always been, um, you know, outside of my day-to-day that gives me inspiration. Besides, of course, yes, I could sit here and say it's like, you know, it's meeting the candidates and it's blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's inspiring half the time. But I think the rest of it comes from stuff I'm doing outside of my day to day, like um, that makes me disconnect. And of course, I get it from my husband and my kids and my family. But I think my inspiration comes from, you know, being creative outside of my day to day and then bringing it back into the office. Mm-hmm. I think in your 20s, um, and it's hard to generalize by age anymore because everything's so different than it was even 20 years ago. But in your 20s, you're defined by what you do. Mm-hmm. And after you're done with that, you're defined by how you do it, right? And I I get inspiration from inspiring others. Who's the Pisces? No, it's just, (laughs) you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty and you, you know, I sit there and think to myself, I feel, I feel good when I make other people feel good. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
And one of the things Tootsie did for me this year is she encouraged me to follow my dream again, like I mentioned. And now I'm teaching a class actually um, for kids at Poe in Fairhaven. Um, and it really was just full circle for me. And I think that if I'm able to inspire, you know, a seven-year-old that wants to go to a dance class on a Friday after school, then I'm able to inspire because sometimes that's the harder audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps me in my, in my work day. It really does because, you know, what we do all day, I mean, I always grew up thinking I want to be a teacher, a dance teacher, but a teacher. And what we do is we teach. I mean, that's what we do. We connect, we teach, we build people up, we give advice. And if I can do that outside, I think it's good practice for me to, to teach others. And then I come back into the office and I teach the girls that work for us and all the candidates that come through our doors um, and keeps it light. Love it. So um, you have had the business for um, how many years now? Almost 14. Almost 14. So um, so where do you see yourself in, in 20 years? Do, oh, you, <laughs> do you see? Hopefully you know, on the looking beach. like J-Lo. <laughs> yeah. On the beach. Um, J-Lo's not that much how older. How big do you want to get or do you want to, you I know? I wish I'd be better then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would like, my short-term goal is to just be able to touch more people. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here today. I feel like the louder we can be, and Jamie and I can be very loud, um, but I, I mean the definition of loud in a different way. I want to be more impactful for a larger audience. Same. I feel like there's a need when I meet people. They're always, you know, and I'm not tuning my own horn here, but people will say to me, thank you. A lot of people you know, just have absolutely no idea how to apply to jobs, how to follow up on interviews and and resume writing. Um, You know, for example, I'm really involved at the University of Michigan where I went. Mm -hmm. We just went out in April to do a summit there. And we met so many kids that want to work in fashion and media. And it was awesome. A student run, a really awesome organization that they put together. It was awesome. Um, And, you know, you'd be so surprised. I mean, these are, you know, as we say, you know, not an Ivy, but an Ivy League education kids that have absolutely no idea how to then take all that knowledge and apply it and how do they get the job. And so people will say to me, you know, so I applied to all these jobs, Jamie, and I haven't heard back and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And I literally say, simple as this, have you followed up? And so many people will say to me, well, I don't know how to do that. Like, what am I supposed to say? How do I get their contact information? I mean, this is a generation that is unfortunately or fortunately growing up behind a computer screen and a phone. They don't know how to, they don't know how to advocate for themselves. It's, it's challenging. They know how to post a picture, but they yeah. don't know how to speak. And one yes. of the things that she and I, we, we're cusp, right? I'm a cusp millennial, whether I like it or not. She's more cusp than me. Correct. And actually on some scales, I'm considered a millennial. And I find it fascinating to see how I can imprint onto these students and then who then will become mid-level marketing, you know, coordinators to marketing directors and CMOs from the very beginning. You know, how do you, in third grade and all the way up, how do you advocate for yourself? How do you follow up on things? How do you communicate properly? If you send your resume somewhere, how do you stand out? Like if you just send your resume into a black hole, who who are you to expect that somebody's just going to contact you? You need to go. If you want to chase your dream, you have to go after it. Right. It's not going to come to you. No, yeah. it doesn't just fall into your lap and it doesn't matter it doesn't and there matter. are professional ways to tell them how to do that, through, whether that's through LinkedIn and email to phone calls. I mean, she and I talk about it all the time. I used to have to look it up in like 
The phone book. Like, yeah. what's the phone book? Actually, P.S., the phone book got dropped off at our house the other day. There still is a phone book. Did you know oh this? Oh, my gosh. Like a little mini one. It's like this big. And it was yeah. like in my driveway. And my five-and-a-half-year-old's like, what is this? <laughs> it's a good like, fly well, swatter. Back in the exactly. day. Like, you know, and I was, we'd have to call the main number and get people's – and you have to go after it. Mm. And nowadays, they can just find it all online. Yes. But they don't know how to do that or what to say. No. And they're like, I don't know. It feels funny. Like nothing. And we have to teach them. We have yes. to teach them. It's yes. our job. It's our job. You're right. It's incredible how – it's, you know, people don't, I, I, you know, don't know, um, the, the basics. I even say, and it's not their fault. They don't learn it. It's just like, even like, I didn't know how to balance a checkbook leaving school. Like I wasn't taught that you have to be taught. You have like the the essentials. Um, you know, and I, I think, um, like you mentioned um, before to me, sending thank you notes and following up, like simple things that aren't so hard. It's not ingrained. It's just just not ingrained anymore. Who who knows what the, you know, and you can't even, you can't even blame, you can't blame anyone, but you can't even blame the parents because the parents, Parents don't necessarily work in that environment or they don't know or they never met with somebody like us either. So, you know, there are, I think a lot of people, exactly. And a lot of people don't realize that people like us exist, like we said at the beginning. And that those are the types of things that we're most passionate about is about as, as if you were going to ask me what I'm going to be doing in 20 years, like Marissa said, I just want to impact more and more Mm -hmm. people. And I think starting at that, whether it's third grade, college level, any level that when you graduate, you know what to do mm-hmm. and how to get a job. And also yeah. to accept that your dream can shift. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that you can, like all three of us, can have different paths and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Even if you had such a narrow vision at the beginning. Um, but I think my goal in the next couple of years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, would be if you can help other people raise their vibration. So if you're seven years old and you have a plan, even if that plan shifts between seven and 10, as long as you can inspire others and teach them to articulate and and speak up for themselves and and communicate and think big, dream big, and then accept the work that goes with it at any age. Sure. That's my end goal. My end goal is to just make people realize that they can turn on their own light, control their own destiny, and then make a better positive impact in the world. Because if you are happy during the day, then people are happier around you. And the happy factor for everybody raises everybody up. And totally. According to what I see on my day-to-day, we need a lot of extra happy these days. So if this is the part that I can control, and truthfully, until we can figure out how to make money and live in this world without a job and without a resume and all this different stuff, it looks like I have a lot of work cut out for me. Sure. And I'm willing to rise to the occasion. Yeah. Same. There were so many great quotes in that. Totally. I'm like, what? we have lots yeah, of like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mantra. Like, <laughs> I'm a walking mantra. We are. We're walking mantras. Like you know, and actually speaking of, I, I wear it on my wrist. Yes. Everything happens for a reason. That's what mm-hmm. I say all the time. Yeah. Um, I have it up in my house. So I also encourage people that are career chasers or hiring or whatever it is that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I got a job in, you know, beauty PR when I wanted to work in music PR for a reason. That mm-hmm. reason was I was meant to work in healthcare PR, which was meant to lead me to yes. HR, which was meant to lead. So every single thing that happens, you have to have faith that it's happening for a reason and that eventually you'll know what that reason is. Yes. Like how we, you met my dad oh, on the train. Oh, how I Correct. met your dad. Met like, your dad on the train. And like my dad on the train. Are. There you my go. dad on the train. It's so true. And it's funny, my career path, just a uh, side note, you know, my dream was to work in fashion PR for an Italian designer. I moved to Italy to learn the language. I yep. did the fashion shows, Ciao. this and that. And mm-hmm. I get back to New York and I had an offer at Giorgio Armani 
in the PR department. It was my dream job. I I was speaking Italian. I was going to travel back and forth. And it was between that and another agency called the Promotion Factory. And the, the president is actually a distant cousin. And I was between the two. And I can't believe that I turned that job down because when I got to that point, I said, you know what? It doesn't feel right. The other agency felt right. And guess what? That fall, I had the flexibility to travel to Aruba where I met my husband and I never would have taken vacation at sure. Giorgio Armani. No. So I look back and I said, I just felt it we, in my gut. We know where you would have been. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I know what you would have been doing. Yeah. Huh. That's, you know what? There, I have a very similar I look story. Back and I'm like, oh my God, like, so did you I would, really turn But you out? would never have met your husband no. or maybe you would have, but it would have taken, yes. you know. Yep. And I I think you would have. It just would have been. So. It wouldn't yeah. have been that way. Yeah. Sure. So I always say I'll give all these people all this different advice, right? And um, then I'll say, okay, you get all that. Take your notes. You're going to rework on this. They get inspired. And I said, so now I've built a career on this. Scratch everything I just said. What's written for you next is already written. Mm. Yep. But you've got to be willing to work for it. You've got to be willing to earn it. You've got to be able to show up. you got to be accountable because we are not on this journey to not be earning our keep. But the truth is the chapter's already written. You just haven't turned the page yet. So in order to get to that chapter, and of course I believe that, you know, we have free will and it could shift like, you know, what, mm-hmm. what happened to you, um, in Aruba. Um, and that I'm sure was free will a little yeah. extra, but, um, <laughs> to say, but my point is, you know, you have an idea and you work so hard and you just feel so lost and you feel like you can't figure it out. But like, the truth is it all is written out. Like if you look back over Jamie, my story or your story, it's not, it weird actually, that I, yeah, it's yeah. not strange. It's not that weird no. that I'm working for my yes, family business. No. Yeah. No, none of this is actually foreign or strange. And you know, told this story, it's not a big deal. It's not different. Yeah. Totally. And I think, you know, one of the things that we always talk about too is like, for example, what we said earlier about finding your skill set. So like, say you, you know, since you were seven, you know, with the exception of my friend that wanted to be an orthodontist and knew that at a very young age, there's very trade usually like to stay in that. Yeah. So like, you know, she went to school for it. She took the organic chemistry, you know, she did all the things, million years of school and now she's doing it and she's killing it and she owns her own, you know, office and all the things. But like, but the exception of people like that, that are literally like, you know, zoned in, if you're good at math, say, and you're like, I'm going to be a finance person, I'm going to be an accountant. There's so many other jobs that you could be doing that are, you know, great at math. Like, you know, my brother-in-law, Marissa's husband does that. You know, he's really good at math. He was a musician. He, you know, does that on the side, this, that, and the other. But he does math at a, at a, you know, does ad sales math, which is a total, at a, at an entertainment company, which is a totally different type of math that people don't even realize exists. And sometimes you just need somebody or you meet somebody or you're somebody like us or that to educate you. And if you're open-minded. Turn the key in the ignition. Totally. If you're open-minded, you can do anything. You can talk to anybody. You can see anything. Mm-hmm. And you can bring anything to your table. But you got to be I open. It. You got to be open. It. That's right. Open mind. Like when I met your dad on the train. Hey, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Like on your Facebook. Hi, I met so your here dad. Here we are. <laughs> it was, it's not the first time yes. he's picked up women from me. Yes. Oh, no. In fact, our first friend here was picked up by my dad. I, was, I thought I was True. special. <laughs> Sorry. So no, that's, that's Sorry, great. you're very special. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, owning your business, I know you, you mentioned the pros are having flexibility and being, being able to call your own shots. Um, you know, what would what advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own business? This might go deeper because someone might be in their 20s and I, I don't know, like, should they get more experience in the corporate world first or, you know, should they jump right into it if they have this big passion? I am a huge believer in diving in. 
But I'm also a huge believer in knowing your own reality. So if you can't dive in completely, then you got to figure out what you need to do in order to make sure that you emotionally, financially, and physically are okay. Um, unfortunately, there's a very strong dose of reality that comes with dream chasing. Um, I won't bore anyone with the details. Before I wrote books, I actually had another side business. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It was really great and successful. And I ran myself into the ground and I did all of these different things all through my 20s when everybody else was just being 20. And I had, you know, two jobs, um, three jobs, mm-hmm. maybe four. Um, and, you know, eventually – there's a swear jar on the table. I need that. Actually, my daughter says I need that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, There's money coming out of the top. Should I just take it for a tip? Um, it's a lot so of money. It is a lot of money. It's like a 20. Um, anyways, point is if you want to do something, you should do it. But you also have to realize that you might need to do other things at the same time. Sure. And the risks, the risks and rewards, it's too soon to tell at the beginning. Um, but there's never going to be a good time to start. You need to have your dots, your I's dotted, your T's crossed, and an actual plan. I think the hardest thing is when somebody has a big dream and they just don't have the bandwidth or the tenacity or really just that grit that comes. I mean, it does not happen by accident. I mean, listen, back in 2007, dot, dot, dot. I was encouraged by a very dear friend of Jamie's and a close friend of mine, because of course we live and breathe the same, um, to take a spin class, which I had never done outside the gym and outside sneakers in the back of a lobby um, on 72nd no Street with no sign. It was dark and it was smelly. And the two women that opened it had had other careers before and then had their kids and were trying to come up with a way to give back to society and they were spraying the shoes to keep them clean while one kid was doing, I don't know what, with a Game Boy or something underneath the counter. And that was Soul Cycle. Wow. And um, I saw it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. saw them grow with my own eyes, knew who they were, watched them earn it. And that did not happen overnight. And there are still people part of that organization that are hopping on that bike every single day just to get to where their star is rising. Um, so you can't ever give up and you have to be able to accept a shift of success and you have to be able to embrace your reality. If you can't do those three things, you can't chase the dream. Agreed. And I think one of the things we said earlier too, that's so important is that you're filling a void that is, that doesn't exist. So I think a lot, most of the major, major players and, and, and ideas that succeed are filling some sort of void in the market, whatever their market is. Um, and going after it, you know, identifying that gap. And I think those are the most successful brands. I mean, we talk about it all the time when we're telling people, you know, I don't know where to work. What should I do? Like, you know, I have these ideas and blah, blah, blah. I actually, which you and I talked about when we first met, because I love the name of your company. Um, we, I talk about it all the time. I call it my brand crush project, which is so similar to your, your branding. And it's essentially saying to somebody, okay, list out your brands that you just think are just killing it. You know, what is it? What And it could be anything. It could be, you know, from a soul cycle to, you know, I love Swell Bottle. I think it's Genius or Yeti or all these com- like companies now that are making water bottles that keep your water cold for 24 hours and hot things hot for 12. And 
um, certain things that are just your jam, like the pair of shoes that you're wearing, all the things. And those types of companies, if you really look at them, and I typically am giving this advice about, you know, okay, if you can't work for that company, then work for the PR agency that does their PR or, or maybe look up who does their social media or maybe look up who's doing their experiential marketing events or things like that. And then all of a sudden you're working for them. You're not necessarily Indirectly. working for Armani, mm-hmm. but you're working for Armani's PR agency and these types of, that's my brand crush actual project. But as far as this goes, all those brands were solving an issue that didn't otherwise exist. Everyone's walking around with a plastic water bottle that, and then the, you know, some of the reusable bottles started, but nothing was keeping it cold. So You're right. dear swell, good job. You know what I mean? So I think that those are the, those are the key, in my opinion, the, the advice I would give beyond what Marissa was saying is really identifying and looking at the market and seeing, okay, what is it that my idea gives mm-hmm. that other people's don't? And that's how you set yourself apart. I also yeah. would say that some people get caught up in the minutiae. Like, it's so easy. This is, God forgive me. But it's so easy to start a business these days. They have so much more at their fingertips than we did. Like, give yourself a cute name. Put it on Facebook. Give yourself an Instagram and a Facebook. You could do all this stuff on the sly, on the side, without any overhead, without any cost to the best of your ability. And when you figure it out, then you go full throttle. Sure. Um, I just think, um, see? He's agreeing with me. Yeah, Christian. I like this. Listen, you know, like yeah, for thanks, example, Christian. like Flower Shop, this company that makes the cake that yes. pours out. And I used to work with Amira. See, there you in go. Like to right. the early 2000s. She had this idea, yeah. this thing, right? And yep. it, social media, whatever. And you know, I just saw the other day she's killing it in general. Yeah. But she, I saw that she did the birthday cake for Kardashians, yeah. and she tags them on Insta Story. And forget it. She's I done. I mean, like, that's like the best thing ever. So, like, social media, of course. I mean, you know this, and you tell this, I'm sure, to all your clients. There's so much, but you really still have to be very smart. You have to be willing to work. And it's a combination, I think, between the big idea and the ethic that comes with it. It's not, you you can't have one without the other. They're mutually exclusive. And it's just the reality of it. You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to work and you have to have an idea that no one else has had. And my my last piece to that puzzle is know your weakness. Mm -hmm. What makes you suck? Right. So that you can speak into it and ask for help. Because if you know you didn't graduate learning how to balance a checkbook, mm-hmm. guess what? You need someone to work you your numbers help. for you. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You need Absolutely. Help. You're right. So, and being okay with not being good doing at it all. everything. Yep. And doing, you know, no one went to ask for help. I mean, which, by the way, I'm not good at. With, uh, no, and I, I've learned that through the years. Um, and I know Amira, her husband is like the, you know, the business side of it. And she's sure. the face. And she's, she was such a hard worker from, um, you know, day one. And, and I actually helped get her her, um, first internship in fashion in California, but she was such a hard worker. Like she had the drive. I'm like, she's going to be something, you know, someday. Yeah. So to back up like the Instagram, like that hard yes. work. And that in starts and from out. the beginning. Like, and it's, it's, it's not just yeah, a I mean, post. Well, yeah, exactly. So that's sure. my point. And, she's, and know, I think it goes back to what we were saying before. And it's ingraining that drive and that go-getter attitude from kindergarten and third grade, what Marissa's is reading yeah. her books to, to the, the college student and how you go after something, whether it's starting your own business or working for the man or everything in between, you have to have that innate ability to go after what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Well, I'm so inspired by you too. I, I don't know what I want to do first. I yeah, right. <laughs> send you my resume. I'm yeah, like, right. Oh, my LinkedIn page needs help. No. Um, so this is just another uh, question that I ask my guests because I'm, you know, such a big uh, music groupie. So uh, I know you said, Marissa, your husband is in music. And um, so what, what favorite band 
um, is in your, or on your playlist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we both are huge music people, um, my family and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, right now I could be, I'll tell you my two, my three favorite things on my playlist right now, before we get deep, um, would be ready in no particular order. Um, I would say it is a Blake Shelton song, How I Lived It, mm-hmm. followed by an American Idol winner song, because I'm a huge, a, not a shock. Dream Chasers. Love Dream American builders. Idol. Cry instantly. Watch all the beginnings. Can't. So happy it's back. Love you, Ryan. Mean it. Um, home visits. Home visits. Um, and <laughs> followed by the newest Drake release. I don't like anything that sounds like the Migos stuff. That's just not my jam. But the one that samples Lauren Hill, I'm in. Um, so I'm a, a little bit R&B. I'm a little bit Yacht Rock. And I'm a little bit country. But really, yeah. at the, yeah, I'm, not, I'm Yacht love Rock. It. Love Yacht Rock. Um, at the end of the day, I am 100% Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take away my Living on a Prayer, which is my all-time favorite song. Okay. And you strip me down Crazy like an girl. onion. Yeah. The inside, the inside is Broadway. Okay. Right, Jamie? Yeah. Um, I can't agree more. Um, growing up as a performer, I just She's I'm, a little more R and B than me. I'm I'm yes. but I'm, I'm more just country than drawn she is R&B. because okay. I grew up as a hip hop and pop dancer and sure. things like that. So like obviously I hear different beats and I like different songs and this and the other. But at the core She's actually married to Justin Timberlake and Jessica doesn't know it. There you go. So that thank you for taking stealing my sunshine. Sorry. Um Justin <laughs> Timberlake I discovered when I was eleven years old. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club oh and I would say to my mom, Why didn't you find the ad to get me on the Mickey Mouse Club? Oh. I would be famous now. All those people started on that show, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I've been obsessed with Justin Timberlake since he was an 11-year-old kid on the yes. Mickey Mouse Club. Followed him, you know, through sync days to curly hair, Britney Spears dating days to now. So he's my ultimate. In fact, he's my hall pass and Jessica is my husband's. So we just say, it's cool. Like, we'll just it's meet cool. them. And we'll just fade. <laughs> no big deal. It's totally fine. Like, I'm sure they'd be down for it. And I look just down. like Jessica Biel, so it's perfect. <laughs> like, it's like looking in a mirror. It's like, who's who? Um, so oh my he's my ultimate. But actually, yes. it's so funny, and I have to say it because we're here and we live in Monmouth County now. Yes. My husband's die, die, die hard, like, ends of the earth for Bruce Springsteen. Wow. And I never – I mentioned John. Yeah. yeah. I Bring never – it's not that I never understood it. I was just like, yeah, glory days, you know. I knew all the major ones. <laughs> Dancing and, in the dark. Yeah. And I like met Dave and it opened my eyes to something that has just changed me. I mean, I've seen yeah. him six times live with Dave. We just saw him on Broadway. If anyone lives in Asbury Park and can get me tickets I to know. when he's opening Asbury Lanes, I'm Next in. Um, yes. And <sighs> so you can't go unless you live in Asbury Park or you win the lottery. Yeah. So obsessed with Bruce and that's like a newfound love. So I'm kind of equal opportunity like Marissa, everything from pop and Z100 and Disney radio to, um, you know, R&B, but really Broadway is my jam too. Like yes. we sit in the car and we sing Broadway to, at the top of our lungs. Like that's just who we are. And I'm just a huge Broadway buff and Broadway head. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of equal opportunity. There's nothing I don't like. I love it. I don't, I don't love like the tractory country. Yeah. Like, hold my beer I'm getting on my tractor but like yeah, I'm into like pop country that yes. makes sense yes no I love it first I was thinking you should have your own podcast I don't know what you both need we are just we need but the now whole I'm picturing thing. the car oh. I'm picturing like videos of oh, you God. in the car with the Broadway I, I, blasting, I'm not sure. I mean, giving advice that is those are some really intimate raw moments the fact that it's even been addressed right now is actually 
It's private. It's really it's inside. It's inside one voice. of our. It's our it's thing. One of our private things. Yeah, oh, I love it. We need it. It's, I mean, I loved your song. Oh, oh, for my, um, oh, my business challenge. Yeah. Yes, yes. I know. I, I am like the late night um, jukebox. Don't stop believing, Africa girl. You love know. That. Oh, see, have yeah, you heard, have have you heard the new Weezer the, cover? I just heard it. I just heard it. Awesome. It's good. It's I good because like that's a big I mean, song that, too. Uh, Jesse's girl. Um. No, I haven't. Oh, no, 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 I haven't. Very, you need to go see that. Come on, really? It's a cover, a cover band show. I haven't show. seen it. No. They're going to be guys? in Asbury on June 29th. Oh, you should I, oh, I go. heard about Okay, Christian yes. Christian wants to chime. A, a family friend of mine actually runs it. No way. No oh, Christian. With Christian. the one in the place in the city? Yeah, Jesse's girl. Yeah, yeah. Told, I've yeah. emailed that guy. Oh, oh my gosh. Like Mark Lineal? That's so funny. I, guess. Might be, that, I think that is the name. Yes. Yeah. They're incredible. I went for oh. my birthday. I'm seeing them again in, in June. Oh, fun. At the end of the month. They are incredible. So oh, talented. And they do their cover band for all these songs. That, yes. A real, real build-up to no, Don't Stop Believing, though. I love it. I love, I know. Oh, it's, my a, God. It's, a big, it's a big night. Yeah, totally. It's fun. Um, that's funny. But I, I that mean, of course, great. I think the Don't Stop Believing is like a showcase for everything. Yes, I know. It is. And it's just timeless, timeless song. So, so my next question is, we did add this. This was Josh's input. He said, you know, what's your brand Love groupies? You what's your brand groupies thing? Josh from Deli Boy, shout out. Woo. Deli Boy Delivery. Veggie noodles. We love them. <laughs> noodles. Love them. Love them. Um, so, you know, if your business were a song, which song would it be? And uh, I say, I always say that mine is Don't Stop Believing because I tell my entrepreneur clients that. I mean, you kind of, you want. still are thunder a little bit with that one. So we thought about yes, it. I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, that's okay. Um, we thought about it and there's like a, several that would mean a lot. Yes. And then Jamie had this like aha moment as we were like on our way over here. And it is 100% on brand. Perfect. Forget regret or life is yours to miss. Oh. Um, <laughs> so from Rent. Yes. And um, which is just the ultimate soundtrack mm. to all of our lives growing no up in the 90s. Today. No date but today. And so. What is the song actually called, though? I said it before. 525,600 no. minutes? No. But the song, yes, that's another one. But essentially the whole, doesn't matter. Any song from that soundtrack. That soundtrack. So for us, you know, so much of what we preach is living in the moment, but also not having regrets and just going after things. It's and No Day But Today is the name of the song. No, it's not. I said it before and I don't okay, remember what it is. We'll matter. look it up. Yeah, we'll look yeah. it up. Um, yeah. But, you know, the whole – every lyric to that song, I, yes, they're talking about, you know, falling in love and not wasting time because they're each dying of whatever they're dying mm -hmm. from in the 90s. Um, <laughs> but it's not to be morbid. But they're, you know, they're talking about love and kind of no day but today and forget regret or life is yours to miss. But, like, that's so much of what we preach uh, that mm -hmm. it, there's no day but today. You're going to go after it. You're going to go after it when you're eight. You're going to go after it when you're, you know, 45 and everywhere in between and when you're retiring. So I think that – you know, that was mine, I guess, when we talked about it yeah. earlier. And it, it is a, a good sentiment and, you know, a good way to, to, I mean, I'm, are we leaving our conversation? We're almost leaving our conversation, right? Yeah. So we're leaving our conversation. And I would say that's a imperfect yeah. way to leave our conversation because, you know, we're in the process of uh, redoing our business cards, right? Mm -hmm. And this project that we're doing, we're trying to, to incorporate some of our favorite mantras yes. on our business card. It's called another day. Another day. Which, by the way, I don't know if I would have known that. Another, day. Another course. Another yeah, that's where I. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no day but today is what I call it. That's funny. Um, so we are redoing our business cards and we're trying to capture some of our mantras, which is Jamie's favorite network the most when you need it the least, or you know, Good my favorite or one of my favorites. You never know unless you go. Um, but my my two main things, my two main things. 
you know, we, we redesigned this platform for the kids when we went to Michigan. Um, by the way, I didn't slip in there that I didn't go to a school like Michigan. I went to a small school that was also extremely, extremely focused on academics, University of Richmond. Go Spiders. Go Spiders. Um, but I was very focused and driven and, you know, our social life was in the library. So it's not really true, but that's where the country came yeah. from. Um, but my two big things, when we redid, we redid this platform for going to Michigan, we were doing our, our business cards, is we have emojis to match who we are okay. um, for, you know, talking to bitmojis. Yes, what? bitmojis. Thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, bitmoji. And mine is like a magic eight ball and a word that says say yes. So that's my thing. Dream big and say yes. Say yes. Because saying no gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. What does no get you? You know, we talk about it all the time. If somebody wants to meet you, you know, to bring it back to, you know, yes, we could talk for hours about dreaming and connecting and all. If somebody blah, blah, wants blah. to meet you, if you get an interview, you go. People say to me all the time, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I'm sure you hear this all the time. People yeah. say, I don't want to waste time. I don't want you to waste their time. I don't want you to waste your time. Nothing's ever a waste of time. No, you, you could be on the train and meet my dad, mm-hmm. right? There you go. So like <laughs> at the end of the day, say yes. You never know unless you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and yes, there's more nitty gritty to our quotes, like network the most when you need it the least. Marissa said earlier, we always talk about like you should be, if you're looking for a job in three years when you're graduating, network now. Build your LinkedIn mm-hmm. page, Bring your build your LinkedIn profile and your presence so that, because people say to me all the time, you know, I don't know if I can get a job there because you don't, I don't know anyone there. Uh, you have to know someone. You know what? It's on you to know who that pe- those mm-hmm. people are. And by the way, if you're connected to them on LinkedIn and you've exchanged some emails, you know them. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It doesn't yeah. have to be your dad's uncle's friends from the golf sure. course. It can be, you know, somebody you know that you've met because you networked. Yeah. So, you know, but say yes is so, so important. It's, you know, my my best friend who we talked about earlier who introduced us to Soul Cycle Lindsay, um, who's dreaming big now and, and yes. doing her own thing out there, you know, she she moved to San Francisco and she said, This is my year of yes. I'm gonna say yes to everything. I'm gonna go and do all the things. Somebody asks me to go for lunch, I'm gonna go. Somebody asks me to do this, I'm gonna go. So we say to that, we yes, it doesn't have to be just one year. Mm-hmm. Your entire career should be saying yes, you know. And With it's the exception important to push of, yourself emotionally and you're outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. sometimes. Yes. Know your boundaries. Know your boundaries. Yeah. But push. Push. Wow. I just love talking to you. Are we tired or what? <laughs> right? No. Or I am just, I, I mean, hungry? I By the way, you. we sit around in our office all the time just like talking like this. And we're like, there's a podcast there's, in here somewhere. Exactly. And we're like, exactly. here it is. The next here time is. you're going to have your own show. I'm going to, you know. Find it. See it. There. We're find it. Well, gonna listen thank to it. you so much, Marissa and Jamie, for being guests today. This was awesome. And for I've having us carry so much. And I'm so happy we connected. And um, you have the best energy. I just want to hang out with you girls all the time. Uh, so tell me the social media handle of Choice Fashion and Media. And I can. It's pretty plug. easy to find. Choice Fashion Media. Okay. Just um, no and. Is there there's any? no. And the girls would know this better than yes. us. There's no. There's. It's Choice Fashion Media on Instagram. Perfect. And we'll. And I believe it's Choice I, Fashion and Media on Facebook. Okay. Um, either one. I think it pops up now. The algorithm. Great. Figured it out. Um, but yeah. Choice Fashion Media um, is our Instagram handle. And that's where we do most of our stuff. Yeah. And just a special shout out to them if they're still listening. Um, You listen this whole time. We love you. Yes. (laughs) They're they're our tribe. Go back to work. We would not not be here if it weren't for them. Cassie, Ivy, Kelly. Yes. Love. Yeah. 
And, and the energy, have, I'm sorry, but like, I just got an email from Cassie and I'm like, I love her. Like, I just met her. We train them well. We train them and well. And I'm like, her email energy, right? Yeah. I said, yes. your email energy is so That is such a compliment. Underrated. She's like, going to love that you said thank that. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so thank you again. Thank could, you on we her We could keep talking yes. for, for yeah. hours. For hours. Um, but, uh, you know, I have, I see a lot coming down the down the road with you too. So thanks again. Can't wait to see what's in your crystal ball. Yeah, I love it. Okay. There is no future. There is no past.